Welcome to Broadway Radio's review recap episode for the Broadway premiere of Pulitzer Prize-winning play, The Cost of Living. My name is Matt Timonini. In case you have forgotten how these episodes work, if you are listening to this on Patreon, it is a standalone episode in your feed. And if you are hearing it in the regular feed, welcome to Today on Broadway for Tuesday, October 4th, 2022. The play by Martina Mayuk originally ran off-Broadway from the Manhattan Theatre Company in 2018, where it received rave reviews and won the author a Pulitzer Prize. As it was in its original incarnation, the show is directed by Obie winner Joe Bonney. Returning from the original cast are Greg Mazgala and Katie Sullivan. They are joined by Tony nominee Kara Young and David Zayas in the new Broadway production. Mazgala plays John, a grad student with cerebral palsy. Sullivan is Annie, a quadriplegic and double amputee, while Young and Zayas are caregivers Jess and Eddie, respectively, coming to their responsibilities from very different backgrounds. This insightful, intriguing work is about the forces that bring people together, the complexity of caring and being cared for, and the ways we all need each other in this world. MTC has brought the show to Broadway. It is currently running at the Samuel J. Friedman Theater. It is slated to play just through the end of the month on October 30th. No news yet of an extension, but I suppose one is certainly possible. As the next play slated to come into the theater is The Collaboration, the Andy Warhol and John michelle Basquiat play that is currently slated to start performances on November 29th. So not a ton of time for an extension, but perhaps one or two weeks is definitely possible. As of recording time, review aggregator site Did They Like It has collected 15 reviews and 14 of them were graded as positive, with one coming in as mixed. Starting first with Maya Phillips of the New York Times, who made the show a critic's pick, who wrote, quote, Each of the four cast members performs with a three-dimensional pop of life. Eddie's insistent affection and optimism is comically at odds with Annie's dry deadpan. Sullivan's fiery Annie speaks in a kind of poetry of insults and expletives. Young's Jess is bright, brusque, and uncompromising, even when her life is going sideways. And Ms. Gala portrays John as someone who is slippery, coy, and clever, with a shadiness beneath. Mayuk's script insists on the casting of diverse and disabled actors, helping to deepen an affecting work that readily breaks your heart, drags you through the hurt, and then kisses you on the forehead, sending you off with a laugh. This play left me breathless, and I'm not just using a manner of speech. As I made my way through the crowd of people exiting the theater, I took hard, shallow breaths, knowing that one deep inhale could set off a downpour of tears. This production either broke or mended something in me. I felt, brilliantly, painfully, cathartically, near the point of physical exhaustion. If that's not a rave, I don't know what is. But we'll go over to our friend Adam Feldman of Time Out New York, who gave the show four out of five stars, and in comparing it to the off-Broadway production, said, quote, I had a different reaction to the Broadway production, which feels deeper and more fully realized to me. In part, that may reflect the added resonance its themes have acquired over the past few years, when we all became more alert to questions of health, responsibility, and isolation that cost of living touches on. But this version also benefits from new cast members Young and Zayas, who bring marvelous warmth and personality to their performances. The two other actors remain strong. Sullivan's voice cuts through the theater like a serrated knife, but the balance of the play has shifted for the better. Mayuk's tender, tough, loving care for her characters shines out with new life. Juan A. Ramirez, writing for Vulture, said, 
Martina Mayuk's 2018 Pulitzer Prize winner, Cost of Living, has finally arrived on Broadway. And don't be fooled by the Hallmark-esque advertisements or the Enya-sounding New Age music that plays between scenes. This is a remarkable, and remarkably unsentimental, look at who we are, what we have, and what we're able to be for ourselves and others. It's the kind of play that feels too real and too quietly observed for a landscape insistent on broad emotional swings. I'll wrap it up with Broadway News' Brittany Samuel, who wrote, quote, Martina Mayuk's 2018 Pulitzer winner, Cost of Living, is a masterfully managed story of class, privilege, ability, and shame. If you would like to read more of these or other reviews, we will have links to both the Did They Like It and Broadway World Review recaps in the show notes. So that is all that we have for you. If you're listening to this in Patreon, have a wonderful Tuesday. And if you're listening to this in the regular feed, I will send you over to the rest of Today on Broadway. Welcome to Today on Broadway for Tuesday, October 4th, 2022. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Depending on when you are hearing this, you have either already heard the reviews for the Broadway premiere of Pulitzer Prize winning play The Cost of Living, or if you are listening to this in Patreon shortly after it was released, there will be eventually a separate episode with all of the reviews in your Patreon feed. Last night, because of schedules and i did this week on broadway as well uh we just did one big today on broadway with the reviews for leopoldstadt uh but we will be going back to the normal schedule of breaking up today on broadway from the reviews and patreon but combining them for the regular feed so i just wanted to give everybody a heads up as to what we were doing so if you don't want to wait until the morning to hear all of the reviews for all of the upcoming Broadway openings, head over to patreon.com slash broadway radio, broadwayradio.com slash patreon, and we will uh, get you those episodes there, and you can hear everything from Broadway Radio before anybody else by being a Patreon contributor. All right, let's do it, Ashley, because... <laughs> okay. I mean, always a good way to start a show, but especially today. I mean, it's a thing. Yesterday, there was a lot of conversation about Andrew Lloyd Webber's Cinderella potentially making its way from London to New York. That, in fact, will not be happening. Andrew Lloyd yeah. Webber's Cinderella will not be playing Broadway. However, Andrew Lloyd Webber's Bad Cinderella will be playing Broadway. And this is not like me saying it's going to be bad. The name of the show has I mean, been changed to Bad Cinderella. And when I first saw this, before it was even announced, we got the, you know, the word started circulating. I said, I don't think this is going to go over like they think it's going to go over. I feel like, I mean, unless they are trying to recreate diana type vibes and maybe the memification of the show perhaps that is the case but this was in my opinion a bad idea to rename your show bad cinderella when it had pretty bad reviews and pretty bad word of mouth in london so Here's what we know. They held a big event yesterday at the Imperial Theater, where the show will begin performances on February 17th, ahead of an opening night on March 23rd. And they announced the star playing the titular Bad Cinderella, uh, Lenady Janow, who is currently getting ready to star in the Paper Mill Playhouse's production of On Your Feet. Um, 
In addition to the score by the right Lord Honorable Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber, Bad Cinderella features a book by the incredible Academy Award winner, winner Emerald Fennel and lyrics by the legendary David Zippel. Lawrence Connor will direct and Joanne M. Hunter will choreograph. There was some much splashier casting rumored for the Bad Cinderella. Uh, I kind of wish that would have happened just because it would have really been a thing um that did not happen we are not going to be partying in the usa over at the uh, imperial but <laughs> no, there there will time. be some casting that certain folks um especially those people who really enjoy um internet quasi um mockumentary style videos from 10 to 15 years ago will really enjoy this uh casting a very when it is specific announced. fandom very specific <laughs> fandom um uh, once you hear the casting, you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, it, it's interesting. Apparently last month, uh, Janelle flew over to London to record, uh, a, the show's title song, Bad Cinderella in both English and Spanish. I will say, uh, the English mm. version was released on streaming services today, uh, or yesterday, Monday, October 3rd. The Spanish version will come out at a later date. So, um, Look, I mean, that's pretty cool, at least, if nothing else, even tangentially yeah. related. I don't like I have nothing against like, obviously, you are the Andrew Lloyd Webber hater of, of the two of us. I don't have anything wrong against uh, Andrew and his billions. I just feel like <laughs> this is such a bad marketing decision. Ah. But then again, I thought. I thought six, how they were producing that was, was a mistake. And I was clearly wrong about that. I'm seeing six tonight at the Dr. Phillips Center in Orlando. Um, the first of my two times seeing it this week. So maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe calling the show bad Cinderella after it got bad reviews and, and, and word of mouth in London is a good idea. And maybe we'll turn it into (laughs) Diana part deux. I don't but, know uh, because I don't know if the intent is to. No, ever, of course it wasn't. No, no, no. no, no the in, I don't know if the intent is to be a Diana at this point because no. it's not like Diana won a billion awards and a lot or of made money. Any money. And exactly, no. and you know, notoriously, that's really what Andrew Lloyd Webber cares about. I don't know. I it's it's a decision. <laughs> the choice isn't easy to make, but. It's, it's, it's weird. It certainly got people talking. So I I mean, if this was the path, they did what they sought out to do. But the jokes write themselves, the headlines write themselves when these reviews inevitably come out and the show is not good because it wasn't good before. It's not about to be good now and it doesn't really matter. I mean, because it's Andrew Lloyd Webber. At this point, Broadway is going to put on anything that he wants to write. And we right, really just don't. He could do it himself if he wanted yeah, to. He could pay for it himself. We really just don't need to do that. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. We don't need to put on everything that comes out of his brain since half of it isn't from his own mind anyway. See. See- David Mamet. Um, exactly. Exactly. So I don't know. I mean, like, I if this show is great, I want it to be great. Um, I it's think this is an amazing opportunity. Be... Maybe they've unless done a lot of work on it. I was going to say, unless they have done 
rewritten the entire well, but I mean, like, show at this point. Whatever, whatever you think of ALW, like Emerald Fennel is an, is an amazing writer. David Zippel is a great lyricist. Uh, Tony and Olivier Award mm-hmm. winner. Like, I, I mean, so like the people are good. Um, I just don't and- feel like it's enough time for them to have completely reworked it. Yeah, and it also goes against my rule. Stop making new shows about Cinderella or Peter Pan or Alice in Wonderland. Oh, please, God, yes. Those are the rules. I've been doing this show for six and a half years. These are the rules. No more Cinderella, no more Peter Pan, no more Alice in Wonderland. We're done. We're fine. We're done. I understand that you don't have to pay. Yeah, we don't have you don't have to pay for the rights for those, so they're really attractive, but just stop. We as a society have moved past the need for Cinderella adaptations. Please. Especially one by Andrew Lloyd Webber. I mean, I feel like Please is, God. I feel like this show is angling for the market that was very much satisfied by the Camille Cabello version last year on Amazon. Was like, anyone is, satisfied by that? Well, I mean, it did a lot of views. I mean, a lot of people watched it. So I think that the, uh, it, they might have been... Yeah. I mean, again, if that is your... Camp, uh, hate watching, um, in on the ironic joke of seeing it. But like, that's what it's going for. But that market has already been satisfied. I don't know yeah, that we need another. I Yuck. Just anyway, <laughs> just yuck, hard yuck. Mo- moving on to something very different. Yesterday, the Center Theater Group and the Amundsen Theater announced the U.S. premiere of a new play called 222 A Ghost Story. This one's exciting because it has an absolutely phenomenal cast. Leading the production is a four person cast. Um, leading the production are Constance Wu. Finn Whitrock, Ooh. Anna Camp, and Adam Rothenberg. This show. Um, was written by Danny Robbins and will be directed by Matthew Dunster. It begins performances just in time for Halloween on October 29th and is scheduled to run through December 4th. The show is described thusly. Jenny believes her new home is haunted. Jenny is played by Constance Wu, but her Mm -hmm. husband, Sam, Finn Whitrock, isn't having any of it. They argue with their first dinner guests, their old friend, Lauren, Anna Camp, and her new partner, Ben, Adam Rothenberg. Belief and skepticism clash, but something feels strange and frightening, and that something is getting closer. So they are going to stay up until 2.22 a.m., and then... They will know. Fun. So, yeah, it sounds fun. Like, it sounds great. Um, and We've already said get, we want more, like, ghost horror stories. Yeah. So please. All about it. All about it. Oh, uh, and, yes. and love. I, I mean, obviously, we know Finn Whitrock and Anna Camp have had, you know, great success on both stage and screen, um, as yeah. has um, Adam Rothenberg to a lesser degree. Uh, mm-hmm. I, he's not, like, as big of a name as those two. But, like, Constance Wu is great uh He's has so done good. so much great stuff on uh on tv and has done a lot of theater just not necessarily at the same levels as right. finn or anna so having the opportunity to do this show and i would imagine that i mean maybe this is something that it looks broadway bound if it does maybe, well there yeah. um you never know but i like we said love a good ghost story on stage yeah and i feel like i don't know maybe i'm completely wrong on the matter and we've talked about it before i just feel mm-hmm. like it's not that difficult to do on stage well i mean like, it's we've great certainly because- seen elements of it and obviously like anything uh lucas nath writes at this point but also i mean like even elements uh the most recent thing i saw with horror elements was fat ham where you have your yeah. ghosts there i just feel like it's not that difficult to do if you're creative enough. Well, and I think that's what's interesting about it is like, I think 
where the elements of a horror show can really do well mm-hmm. on stage if done well and that differs so greatly from uh, a screen whether that's movies or tv is having to use practical effects to make them work yeah at yeah. such a cool level i mean even something like you know cursed child or yeah, yeah, ghost exactly. or ghost the musical when they had all of these really cool effects that really confused you and yeah. uh, and and made it difficult to understand how they made these things happen and honored that, the art form which is a big part 100%. of it as well it's it's so cool to see like these old practical effects being used yeah and even new ones like some of yeah, the things yeah, yeah. with ghost where i think not to spoil anything i didn't see ghost but from okay. what i understand like i think it was like they used a lot of mirrors to make it look like people who were in one place were actually somewhere else oh, yeah and so like that's that's cool like that's, that's smart fun. and i love yeah, that absolutely speaking of honoring the art form yesterday it was announced that bob the drag queen will host a big black and absolutely. queer night <laughs> at a strange loop on thursday october 27th at 7 p.m um bob is the alter ego of non-binary comic and actor caldwell titicu and uh bob released a video to announce the event on monday it will be um an event special to especially meant to welcome black and queer theater goers and it takes place during LGBT. LGBT History Month, and to celebrate the Pulitzer Prize-winning show's groundbreaking new representation of Black and LGBTQ plus people Damn on right. Broadway. Love it. Um, and f- finally, in this section of some other little bits of news, uh, earlier this week it was announced that the Tank will be uh, the home for a new controversial play, as it's being described by Frank J. Avella, that will closely examine the Catholic sex abuse scandal. The show called Vatican Falls will have its world premiere this fall from October 27th through November 20th, and it will highlight real survivor stories as well as the fictional journey of one particular survivor. Uh, leading the cast will be Broadway and American Idol veteran Ace Young. Not who I would have guessed for ah, that. He has yeah. done so many like fun musicals in his career that this seems uh, like a much different avenue for him but good for him kind of yeah, branch out sure. and do something different mm-hmm. uh all right real quick i've got some stories about theater on tv of different shapes and sizes first up the cast of into the woods will be performing on this thursday's Heard episode of, of the today show on nbc um they will be um doing two performances one during the 7 a.m hour and one uh or 7 to 9 a.m it could be any time in there and then the second one will definitely yeah. be during the 10 a.m hour no songs and or cast members participating have yet been announced uh, mm-hmm. but i imagine i i would they, they've been trotting out um krista for steps of the palace yeah um i wonder if we'll get something like the op- some sort of the op- part of the opening or or maybe we'll maybe they'll just do stephanie doing moments in the woods uh but i hope we get a bigger maybe. cast version of something in there yeah i would love a full ensemble situation but yeah. that's that's hard to do without maybe not necessarily spoiling anything but yeah, do the intro do the, the intro yeah the yeah, last we'll two minutes how many times have you listened to the cast recording so far have you lost track a, a lot yes a lot <laughs> yeah yeah uh, pretty damn the, good it, yeah it's good it's good uh so the next day on friday october 7th the cast of funny girl is set to perform on good morning america yeah. again 
don't know who or what will be performing, uh, but we do know that Leah Michelle performed People on The Tonight Show earlier this uh, or, uh, last week, actually. Mm. And then finally, I don't know, did you see Space Dogs at uh, MCC? No, I was supposed to and rescheduled it 7,000 times. I don't remember what was going on at the time. Probably sick, probably broken body, but I did not yeah. get to see it. But they well, were recording it. Correct. You know? and yeah. It, yes. And it will be released on Broadway HD beginning on October awesome. 13th. It is great. Grace and I went, sat front and center. Front row Fox is right in the middle. It is a so <laughs> much fun. Um, the show is by Van Hughes and Nick Blameyer. They co-wrote yeah, it and, and are the performers in it. It is not. Whatever you think a show about – well, just a show called Space Dogs is – it is not. Yeah. Uh, it is funny. It is smart. It is educational. And it is weird. And it is inventive. Love it. uh, it's great. I, I loved it and very excited uh, about this being available for other people in the world to see. All right. Uh, before we wrap up, I do want to point out that we do have highlights from the Broadway production of Cost of Living hey. in the show notes if you want to check that out. Ashley, over the weekend, you saw Cost of I Living. Did. By the time this episode comes out on Patreon and then obviously in the regular feed, the show will have already opened. Yeah, so, close. <laughs> who's counting an hour? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it, it will have opened. The show yes, will have had absolutely. its performance. So. I'm going to do the episode with all of the reviews later, but since you sure. saw it and I know thought very highly of it, I wanted to give you an opportunity to share your thoughts uh, yeah. here real quick before we wrap up. Did think very highly of it. I have read it. I think it was the first – I've read it before in the past, but I think it was the my first read of the year was rereading it. Um, mm. And I've, I've never seen it on the stage before. I didn't get to see it in any of its – previous incarnations um said only read it on the page and i very much like it um seeing it on the stage is a different beast as it should be i thought it was really really excellent and really well done um and great to see it on broadway finally i thought the cast was great um especially i mean always carrie young i'm now four of the yeah. last four shows that she's done in new york i have made sure to get to in some form or another um this is no exception i mean anytime she's on stage she's just i'm completely drawn to her i never take my eyes off of her i think everything in her style is so poetic and so real and so fleshed out even just like a side eye and there are many <laughs> in this show um, and also katie sullivan who gets to finally mm -hmm. bring this role to broadway that she originated and is just incredible i said yesterday on twitter that i really want any show, but especially a comedy where her and, uh, Lisa Ann Walter, who's now in Abbott Elementary, yeah, but previously but parent chat, um, do a show together as siblings or relatives of some form. Cause the red know, hair definitely works. Definitely the red hair, but there's definitely some doppelganger stuff in there. Um, everyone else, David, incredible, know him well from Dexter. I've met him before and he's a lovely human. Um, and, tragically underutilized in the Dexter revival that they just had. He was so captivating. The show obviously opens with a monologue from him. Um, and he just, you know, from the get go has the audience in its hand. I think the one thing that really struck me that I definitely got on the page reading it, but not as much sitting in the audience is 
what a funny show it is when it is played by the right people. And you know, the only one that I haven't mentioned yet is um, Greg, who also phenomenal, who I haven't seen before. I was really taken aback by how well it was done and how how into it the audience was in a way that I wasn't expecting. Great. We had a, I had a terrible audience in the sense that nobody had their phones off. I don't think, um, maybe headphones ring five or six times in the hour and 40. Thankfully, not at any major horrific points of the show, but definitely enough where it took you out of it. Um, what I will say is that despite those phones ringing, you could hear a pin drop during these very intense moments. I think it is probably going to be one of the best plays that is on the stage this season for sure. Awesome. Well, um, you will hear even more reviews, or perhaps you've already heard the other reviews, depending on what order and in what yeah. platform you are listening <laughs> to this on. Um, but we will have all of the reviews in a special episode in the Patreon feed and at the beginning of this episode in the regular feed. All right, that's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWB Matt. Ashley, where can people find Hi. you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No, This Is Ashley. All right, everybody, have a wonderful Tuesday, and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow.